CSG has simplified the complexity of business by delivering innovative customer engagement solutions that help companies acquire, monetize, engage, and retain customers. CSG manages billions of critical customer interactions every year, and you can find out more by visiting csgi.com. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined as ever by my fellow editor and colleague, Kelsey Zeiser. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Phil. How are things? Good. Um, is your 5G network secure? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what 5G network? <laughs> I know. I don't have 5G yet. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't bring that up to our guest uh, uh, t- today. Um, I, I was I was a little shy about that. I really wanted to say like, hey, this all sounds great. I don't have 5G. Yeah. I'm prob- probably not going to get it for a while. <laughs> But at least we know it'll be secure when we do get it right. <laughs> we do know that, yes. Uh, so our guest today was from AT&T. It's uh, Rita Marty, who is the Vice President of Emerging Services Security Architecture for AT&T. So that's, you know, AT&T is just a massive company. And it's they, they've got their security organization, which kind of like sits above, you know, uh, all the security, you know, like each division has its own, you know, way of doing IT security and network mm-hmm. security. But this this group, from what I understand, um, you know, applies security uh, best practices and, you know, not just for AT&T's customers, but also for all of its networks. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so uh, very, you know, deep into security <laughs> and uh, and and uh, uh, Rita was uh discussing with us, you know, kind of a fundamental thing about 5G. We kind of went all the way back and, you know, cover the ground of like, what's what's actually different about the network itself and mm-hmm. why does it seem like it's a more secure proposition to get customers to 5G than to, you know, than, than, than previous generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we had a good discussion around um, what this means for their enterprise customers, um, and really, I, I feel like I have a whole like list of terms to dive into more. <laughs> we talked about, I mean, some that we're you know really familiar with, like we we discussed network slicing and yeah. mobile edge compute, but um, geofencing, like that just sounds really cool. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if that ever, uh, you know, comes to, it sounds like that's also kind of just like network slicing. It's also in the beginning stages of being a reality. Um, mm-hmm. But it does, it does, you know, with each step, there's some security risk that's added, but I think more importantly, like it seems like the, the benefits and the, um, uh, you know, the possibilities far outweigh the risk, especially right. as, as it concerns enterprise networking. And that mm-hmm. seemed to be, um, that seemed to be a point she was coming back to again and again. So it seems like AT&T in particular is really bullish about enterprise use of 5G because mm-hmm. uh, not only of the, the, the better security profile all around, but also, like you said, those, those kind of advanced applications, that's really where the where the money is on the enterprise side, you know, um, mm-hmm. where, where, where they're going to want more, want and pay for more capacity, more connections and more devices, um, to be on the network. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, and that was something else we talked about too was IoT and um, you know, that that keeps coming up is how to secure um yeah. all those different devices. So Yeah, and it's such a it's such a different um different point of view when someone, you know, has kind of been involved in the um in securing 5G from the beginning and kind mm-hmm. of you know, from the ground up. So uh so please do enjoy this conversation about 5G security with AT&T's Rita Marty. Welcome to the podcast, Rita Marty from AT&T. Hi, Rita. How are you? Hey, how are you? Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Great to have you. Um, it was all Kelsey's idea, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of the good ones on the podcast are. Um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much just the hairdo that uh, comes along and, and reads the commercials. Um, uh but uh, that being said, we still need to talk about uh, 5G and in particular uh, uh, security uh, risk, I guess, and maybe opportunities around 5G because um, it's something our audience is, is in the middle of. Uh, you know, it's, it's right smack in the middle of their lives right now. And um, I, I, I guess a good place to start would be um, to assess whether 5G is actually helping us on the security front, you know, does does the move to 5G networks um, either reduce or help us stay ahead of uh, of of security threats? Um, that's a great question, and and um, just to give you an idea, what my team does, we have responsibility for securing the network at AT and T. So, a big part of what we do is the mobility network, including obviously 5G. But I have a lot of expertise on my team, my team on you know 2G, 3G, and LTE, and now 5G. So, mm-hmm. one of the things that we have done is really leveraging the insights from all the previous wireless technologies that we have deployed to look for ways to improve the security posture when it comes to deploying 5G. And we're not doing this alone. We're doing this in partnership with a standards organization. You have 3GPP who's defining the standards and the specification for 5G. So we're working closely with them, but taking all the learnings from you know, LTE and 3G and applying them to 5G so we don't have the same problems day one. So one thing that's unique about 5G is um, it's designed with security in mind day one. So as we deploy it, we have all the controls in place. Uh, but in terms of uh, specific examples of how we have improved the security posture, I can give you a few. Privacy, because privacy is a big topic when it comes to 5G. Uh, a lot of improvement when it comes to the privacy of the customers uh, on our 5G network. One example would be uh, what, the, what, what we call the NZ. Uh, international mobile subscriber identity. That information is uh, sent today in the clear when um, when a, a mobile subscriber attaches to the network. Uh, when you land somewhere, your flight land, and your your device is now attaching to the network. That information is transmitted in the clear today, and that's a risk in LTE. And the way we're mitigating that risk in, in 5G is encrypting that information. So we're going to conceal the identity of the subscriber from the beginning, even as they attach to our network. So that's a big improvement. Um, obviously, another example would be the encryption. We have more robust encryption uh, when it comes to 5G. And then another great example is something we call SIP, or uh, uh, Security Edge uh, Protection Proxy. Um, that is mitigating the risk that we have today in both 3G and LTE when it comes to signaling attacks. Uh, we know that as a subscriber, when you roam between carriers, 
Uh, today, there are protocols that are being used, like Diameter and SS7. You may have heard about that in, in the media. Uh, there are inherent vulnerabilities in those protocols, and the SIP functionality is something we're deploying day one to mitigate that risk. So I can go on and on with examples of things I've done. Really, to, to, to working with the standards organization, right, this is really kind of a standard approach to 5G, but looking for ways to improve uh, vulnerabilities that we had previously. Um, another great example would be network slicing. Um, this is a robust way of segmenting the traffic in the network, and it could also be used from a security perspective to isolate malicious traffic in the future. So you kind of see something malicious, you isolate it, it doesn't impact other traffic. So a lot of robust, a lot of enhancements that we are um, we're seeing with 5G. As carriers are upgrading their networks to 5G, so it, so 5G itself, like you said, that the, te the technology itself um, uh, at a fundamental level already solves some of the the imperfections of previous networks, um, but. But carriers have to go from one network to the other. You know, they have to kind of do that migration or do that um, uh, that that evolution. Um, what are some of the security risks that are involved in going from like an LTE network, you know, where you're providing that as your your top level service to customers, to going to uh, a, a 5G network? question because even when we deploy 5G day one, it's not going to be, it's, you're not going to have 100% coverage, right? It's going to be a approach deployment. So you are going to fall back, right? So you want to continue to harden the legacy networks like 3G and LTE. Uh, but when it comes to 5G, there are things that are different than 5G. I mean, one of them is the massive IoT. Uh, you're going to have a lot more devices connected to the network. Um, I mean, the projection is it's going to be billions of devices connected to that carrier's network. And within a geographical area, you're going to have millions of devices, so a lot, a lot of devices. So the scale is going to be one factor, but it's not just about the number of devices that we're going to have, but also it's about the type of devices we are going to have because IoT covers everything, right, from big items. Such right. Yeah. and TVs and buildings and cities, like smart cities, right? Yeah. But we're also talking about little things that you have in your household, such as, you know, toothbrush and, and sensors and medical devices. So a, a lot of types of devices, and some come with different security posture, right? A lot, some of them may not have, um, 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 you know, the all the security postures or controls that you, you need. So um, having a robust IoT um, uh, capability where um, having the best practices, not just in the network, right, but also from an enterprise perspective as they deploy or use devices in their network that they apply best practices to the devices as, as well. Um, so that's one topic or one key difference. The other one, um, you know, the other key difference between 5G and LTE is the mobile edge. Right, mobility right. is all about the enterprise and enabling ultra-low latency applications. So to do that, you have to have the mobile edge close to the customer location to, to be able to support you know, ultra-low latency applications. So taking what we have today in traditional data centers, which you know today is more centralized, you have a handful of data center, centers handling 
mobility taken that to the edge and having uh, more of a distributed network, but also distributed security. Security needs to be more distributed uh, throughout the network so we can do the same level of monitoring, the same level of uh, analytics and blocking that we do today in those central location more anywhere in the network, right? So having more of a distributed approach to security uh, is, is going to be uh, critical. Mm -hmm. um, and you talked a bit about, you know, IoT and the mobile edge. What are uh, some other um, benefits uh, for 5G for enterprise customers, specifically looking at um, some security enhancements that will help your enterprise customers? Um, so 5G is very enterprise focused, right? LTE was all about the consumer. When it comes to 5G, it's all about the enterprise. So. Um, for the enterprise, one example that um, that probably good to talk about is the Mac, the mobile edge compute architecture. Uh, you may have read about all the trials that AT&T conducted in that space, but the idea here is to take mobility to the customer location in that case. So it's a deploying a local cloud at the customer facility or location, deploying a lightweight mobility core at their location. And the benefit here is that they can do local breakout of, of the traffic. So anything that's sensitive, they want to handle locally, they can. And anything that can go back to our commercial core, they have the flexibility to do that. So it's giving the customer a lot of flexibility in terms of handling traffic locally at their location, as well as uh, having access to our commercial core uh, network as, as well for any other services. Um, leveraging network slicing is, is foundational for this. So network slicing will allow you to terminate the traffic at their location so everything is handled uh, locally. Um, and you can couple that, you could take all of that to the next level. There's something that we're experimenting with called geofencing where uh, basically taking a customer location and we're creating different zones with different security policy. So anything that is, you know, anything that is uh, require, um, you know, further, um, uh, you want to limit that data, you're worried about data exploration, you have the ability, ability to create a zone and limit that traffic for that particular zone. So a lot of flexibility for the enterprise customer that they just didn't have today with, with other uh, technologies. With the geofencing, would those zones um, be able to, um, you know, create areas for traffic for, say, guest traffic at an enterprise location or maybe for cloud applications? Would it help with some maybe shadow IT issues that might come up? Uh, what are some examples of, of how they would use the geofencing capabilities? I mean, it's, it's really all of the above, and that's the beauty of it. We're looking for what specific use, uh, use cases would be beneficial for the enterprise. So a lot of flexibility, but you're absolutely right. You know, you could create zone for a visitor, right, where they have access to certain application, and then other zones, maybe you want to limit what they have access to in those locations. So a lot of flexibility, right, uh, and a lot of use cases uh, would be beneficial. And what are some um, areas that um, customers can kind of not trip over themselves? <laughs> How do you help them um, prepare for transitioning to 5G and, and making the right moves to um, ensure that, that they have the right security strategy set up? 
I think one one thing to think about uh, is the shared responsibility model, uh, very similar to what you you know the cloud in the cloud environment you have shared responsibility model, very similar to that. Uh, we need to apply it here because when we think about security, it's end to end. It's not just about securing the network, but also securing the devices. So the shared responsibility model is really thinking about two dimensions, one for the carrier uh, or the provider, they're responsible for securing the network and there are things that they have to do obviously to secure the network and, and uh, uh, tackle some of the threats with, with, with the IoT devices. But then the other dimension is for the customer, the enterprise customer in terms of the devices and the applications that are on those devices. So what they need to think about is really a strong uh, device and application certification program um, and, and uh, making sure that they promote security best practices in, in that space as well because security is really end-to-end -end and we sort of all have to work together to help improve that security posture and enable those innovative use cases that we don't have today, which is, you know, 5G is really the vehicle for, for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I know there's still um, my my husband's in IT and occasionally he'll see someone with a passwords written on post-its and he's just like, stop doing that. <laughs> so, you know, the customers really do have to take some um, responsibility for their security as well because you can, you know, do everything possible to secure the network. But <laughs> people are just writing their passwords on loose paper. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't write them down. I, I have my mine. Mine are my cat's name, so that's easy, and nobody, nobody, nobody can guess that. That's impossible. Um, so, in in the you know one of the things you brought up is that just the you know the kind of the the inherent nature of five G makes it um, you know in general a more secure network, but um, it also makes it a virtualized network in pieces, and so that that opens up the possibility that we're dealing with more software defined uh, uh, applications and software defined, uh, uh, you know, I guess, network functions. So does that kind of complicate uh, the security posture when you're thinking about where all the vulnerabilities are, you're not just thinking about devices and, you know, and, and kind of um, hardware anymore, but now now these things can kind of uh, these vulnerabilities can kind of appear in a lot of different places. Um, how do service providers guard against that, or how do they um, how do they protect themselves when when their network uh, from the hardware versus software point of view is is fundamentally different in five G? different and I know people focus on that difference but I think that is also key enabling technology like when I think about SDN and, and virtualization they're really enabling technology for security as well right because with virtualization mm, with SDN right. we're able to move to a model where security is a lot more seamless robust than what we had in the past so think about the ability to dynamically uh, orchestrate security right we, we, we would be able to uh, orchestrate a firewall or, or block malicious traffic in a close to real time um, and we don't have to worry about deploying you know massive amount of hardware to, to do that so th there are a lot of benefits to the strategy as well 
But to answer your question, I mean, when we look at 5G, 5G is really tightly coupled with virtualization at the end. Like you, like you said, it's really the interception of SDN and virtualization and 5G that are kind of game-changing uh, for the industry, right? Um, and private, you know, having network function now sitting in a cloud environment is a, is a critical topic. Uh, we're talking about private cloud. We're talking about public cloud as well. So mm -hmm. securing the underlying infrastructure is going to be critical. So cloud security is a big topic. Uh, onboarding uh, applications to the cloud, as well as the uh, cloud security lifecycle, um, are, are going to be critical. Uh, when it comes to software, uh, the, the one thing I want to highlight when it comes to software, um, it's really the, the key thing here is to apply zero trust model. So regular hmm. vetting of that software is going to be uh, critical. Anything needs to be vetted, obviously, before it goes to production. Once it's production, we have to uh, scan on a regular basis. Uh, and that applies to anything we deploy in the network, whether the code is internally developed, vendor-provided, open-source, hybrid of, of all of that. Uh, so having um, the code, um, everything needs to be vetted before it goes to production. Uh, inventory is a big topic as well. Uh, you need to know where the assets are in case there is uh, uh, any, any vulnerabilities. You have to be able to patch, and you have to be able to patch quickly. So inventory is a big topic as well. Um, we're applying things like software bill of material, right, to make sure that we know where the assets are across the whole enterprise um, and uh, that, that, that we're able to timely patch if, if any, anything is, is, needs to be, uh, uh, to be addressed right away. Uh, so those critical network functions like the, the and stuff like, like when you get into standalone, the 5G core and stuff like that, like your software bill of, did you say bill of materials? Is that right? Uh, yeah, we call it the S-bomb, but yeah, software bill of materials. <laughs> but that, 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 that <laughs> you would know like where that, that core, you know, where that software resides and, you know, like how to, how to patch it. It's not just something that spins up and then goes away, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you need to know where the assets are. I think that's really critical when it comes to patching, right? Because uh, otherwise it's hard to patch quickly if you don't know where the assets are and whether you're dependent on open source packages or it's vendor provided, right? You need to have all that details kind of sorted. And we have just a few minutes left. Wanted to get uh, kind of a general view from you. Uh, since the pandemic, have your um, customers, ha have the conversations with your customers changed at all around security? Are they still, you know, ready to to ramp up some of these um, strategies around security for 5G? Um, is the pace different? Are, are any of their concerns different? What, what we're seeing is definitely an increased uh, volume of traffic on, on the network because now it's not just folks learning, you know, working from home. It's also homeschooling. There's a lot of uh, folks that are learning remotely. So definitely we have seen increase uh, in terms of the volume of traffic uh, on our network. But I think when it comes to security, I always go back to the basics, right? You have to have a zero trust model in mind when you design the, the network. Uh, you have to think about defense and depths and having multiple layers of controls, um, strong identity access management, back to your point about password, right? You want to have that foundational capabilities um, to be able to detect any anomalies, so monitoring robust 
um, uh, threat analytics platform is going to be key um, during COVID or, 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 or pre-COVID, right? You, you have to be able to monitor traffic. You have to advance your monitoring capabilities, leveraging machine learning and so forth. Um, so, you know, back to your COVID question, I think it, a lot of it is just we're seeing a lot more traffic than we used to um, in, in the network, and we're able to sustain that because of SDN and virtualization. So, you know, back to the benefit of, of moving into an architecture like that and having uh, those kind of capabilities in, in the network. <laughs> yeah, sounds like we were um, at least well prepared <laughs> on that yeah. end, right? Maybe not. Well. Hopefully the vaccine will be here soon, but at least the internet held up, right? Yeah, the, the internet did held up during that time for sure, yeah. I was about to say the wireless networks too were, were um, you know, because people are still, you know, obviously heavily using um, mobile devices out and about and stuff. It's like, I, I uh, even though people have been home, it's like the, the, um, the, the fact that people there, there, I've, I've <laughs> more than a few people have told me that uh, uh, that they've used their uh, you know AT and T or or other providers' uh, phones as hotspots in their house when their um, uh, when their own home network was overwhelmed or something <laughs> like that and yeah, and. That's yeah, and it's gotten high, high, high marks. Uh, they've said, you know, like, hey, this is, uh, you know, when your iFi is down, this this works pretty well. It works well <laughs> enough to handle a Zoom call and stuff like that. So uh, that's that's a, a been another, I guess, interesting finding from the pandemic that we we didn't uh, we didn't know we needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta keep everything running at once. <laughs> the yes, work Fortnite and Netflix. Oh, um, you, you know it. Well, Rita, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much. Thanks for your time today. Thanks to our amazing producer, Tian Fu, for all his hard work editing the podcast. And also a big thanks to our listeners for tuning in and sharing the podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you have any ideas about a future podcast topic or a potential guest for the show, please email us at editors at lightreading.com. Please also tell a friend to subscribe and thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. We'll see you next time. CSG has simplified the complexity of business by delivering innovative customer engagement solutions that help companies acquire, monetize, engage, and retain customers. CSG manages billions of critical customer interactions every year, and you can find out more by visiting csgi.com.